Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Love Talk Radio. From Light in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Hello there. Welcome to today's program. Delighted to have you with me today. Um, we already have some callers uh, calling in. And I think I know who one of them is, um, but we have uh, two others. can't quite tell if uh, we have three completely different callers here, but I guess we're going to find out. I also have some uh, email to uh, respond to, people who've uh, emailed in some questions. Um, but uh, first of all, welcome to today's program. If you want to call in, that number is 347-994-2981. And you know what we do on this program. If, if you're not a first-time listener, then you know. We talk about parenting your behaviorally challenging child. And let there be no doubt, it's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, it's, speci- it's especially hard because, well, I don't know, in our society, we're still blaming parents for the fact that they have kids who aren't as well-behaved as some. And not enough people yet have on the right lenses so that they understand that behaviorally challenging kids are lacking crucial cognitive skills. Too many people still think that this is uh, because of passive, permissive, inconsistent, non-contingent parenting. In other words, too many people are blaming the kid's parents because the child is having behavior problems. Uh, It's the year 2011. We know better. We've known better for a while, but uh, isn't it nice to live in such enlightened times? We know why behaviorally challenging kids are challenging. They're lacking the skills not to be challenging. If they had the skills to not be challenging, they wouldn't be challenging because kids do well if they can. There's the key theme of the collaborative problem-solving approach. And because doing well is preferable, doing well, challenging kids want to do well every bit as much as not so challenging kids. This is not an issue of motivation. So we can stop trying to motivate these kids to do well. They're motivated already. They need something else from us. They need us to figure out what skills they're lacking, and they need us to figure out these specific 
situations in which those lagging skills are biting them, them and us, those specific situations are called unsolved problems. And as we've been talking about for the last two weeks, an unsolved problem is not the child's behavior. That's what he's doing in response to the unsolved problem. That's what he's doing because the unsolved problem is still unsolved. He's doing it because it's not solved yet. It's waiting to be solved. Solve the problem. The challenging behavior that was associated with that unsolved problem will subside. Welcome to collaborative problem solving and welcome to parenting your behaviorally challenging child. Uh, but that's what we do on this program. Every week we uh, think about behaviorally challenging kids and um, who they are and what they need from us. We do it in a variety of different forms next Tuesday is the parents panel. Sharon, Peter, and Susie will join us once again and uh, we'll talk about behaviorally challenging kids and their experiences and all of that stuff. Anyways, I'm glad you're listening, whether you're listening live or as most folks do to the recording of the program. Um, Welcome. Uh, shall we turn to the phone calls? Here we go. I, I you know, I can't remember. Uh, well, I don't know who we have here, but we're about to find out. Uh, from area code seven two seven. You're on the air. How are you today? Good. Hi, Doctor Green. Are you the person who I've been speaking with the last two weeks? No, I'm not. I'm a new caller. Got it. Your, your area code is similar to hers. She's going to stand by. Let's. What's on your mind today? Um, well, my husband and I, we have three boys, two, four, and six, and they're all really close together in age. Um, we homeschool the boys, and we're together, you know, a lot of the time. So um, my husband and I, we found Lives in the Balance about a year ago, and we've been, let's just say, attempting the collaborative problem-solving method um, with our oldest boy, who is our challenging kid. And... Um, the main lagging skill that we've found in him, and actually I'll be honest, it's in myself as well, which has been really a humbling experience seeing that I have the same lagging skill that my son does, but um, is difficulty managing emotional response to frustration, so as to think rationally. And, well, and um, it makes you feel any better, virtually every behaviorally challenging child gets that lagging skill endorsed. So. You're, you're yeah. in good company. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, our biggest, um, we've been kind of checking off the list of our unsolved problems, and the one that my husband and I keep getting stuck on is um, sibling interaction. Okay. Uh, like I said, they're really, they're really close together in age, and, you know, most of the time it's usually in the car because there's three car seats in the back seat, you know, right in a row. They're all right next to each other. Um, sometimes it's at home as well. And... Um, usually what happens is, you know, sometimes the two younger ones will initiate the confrontation by erupting our oldest kid or pausing the movie or, or just simply, like, making a comment. And he usually, um, it's, it's usually anything that's imposed on him without 
them asking him. And it can, it can be mean or nice. It doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes he initiates the problem. It's usually when he's bored. And so he starts bugging his brothers, you know, like just making noises or touching them. And then, um, you know, they ask him to stop, and he doesn't. And so it usually ends up with our six-year-old getting really frustrated and hitting his brothers. And then we, as parents, regress back into plan A because we just want it to stop. Right. So um, my biggest that's, question that's, is, what what do I do in the situation when it's when it's in the middle of the situation? Uh, I got nothing great for you in the middle. Okay. <laughs> I, I I never do. I got nothing great for people in the middle. There's nothing great in the middle uh, of a situation. There's there's nothing great in the heat of the moment. Um, but thankfully, you're not. Stuck in the heat of the moment on this one because it's highly predictable. Yes. Yeah, it pre- pretty much. I mean, sometimes my my husband and I we we call it the alarm clock. It's like the alarm clock goes off and he's. I mean, he could be like playing his phone, and then all of a sudden he. I guess he just gets bored and he. You know. So I we've kind of identified that, like you said, it's it's not. It is predictable. It's usually when he's bored and he wants something to do. Okay. So now, now here's my question. I mean, what I would do is proactive plan B. That's what I would do. And okay. you've named you've named a specific situation that's rather predictable and, and not terribly unusual, but still not pleasant when it happens in your car and the three of them are sitting in the back seat together. Yes? Yes. That's that's a predictable unsolved problem and makes good sense to me. Um but my question is this, I'm I'm glad that you've observed that it might be when he's bored. My question is, have we uh, gathered any information from him yet in the empathy step? We attempted to. He's how old I don't, again? He just turned six. So I right, he's no reason that he shouldn't be able to participate. Yeah, he, he uh, does participate, but like I said, yep. he has a really short attention span, so he kind of like starts talking. He, it's almost like he gets nervous when he talks to us about it, and when we're trying to do the empathy step, he'll kind of he'll answer, but then he'll change the subject. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I don't I mean not being able to lay eyes on him. I I don't know what that's about. My if you if you ask me, what's my if I had to lay money down, knowing absolutely nothing about him or your situation, I'd say that one place I would go is to reassure him that he's not in trouble. Okay. That you're not mad. And that you just really want to understand why it's hard for him. Okay. He might think that he's in trouble or that the plan A boom is about to be lowered. And that's, it, it, I don't know if that's what it is, but that could be what it is. There's a million things it could be. But if you ask me what's my uh, gut feel on this, knowing absolutely nothing about your situation, so having no right whatsoever to have a gut feel on anything, um, mm-hmm. that might be one place that I'd start. He might think that um, what you're doing is plan A. Okay. You're probably right. Trouble. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, that's, for some reason, that's that's my bet at the moment. You've haven't said anything about him having any language processing delays, so um, no. I'm not going to lay money on that one. But what we're what we're doing is we're looking for. This, this came up on my um, web-based radio program for educators yesterday. It was actually sort of an interesting discussion because one of the um, 
teachers on the program yesterday said, um, why, why can't we just tell them to stop doing it or tell them what to do? And <laughs> That'd my, be great. But, yeah, which, exactly, which, which is basically saying to the kid, listen, don't have that unsolved problem anymore, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you continue having that, and to make it to sweeten the pot, we're going to reward you when you don't have that unsolved problem anymore, and we're going to punish you when it becomes clear that you still do have that unsolved problem. Um, and that's probably what you know you might be doing in the heat of the moment, but um, mm-hmm. that's that's not going to work because uh, it's not going to solve the problem. But the interesting thing is, we only have a teeny bit of information on the unsolved problem at the moment, and we're not even sure if it's accurate. We think that boredom could be it. And I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I tend not to trust what the kids' concern or perspective is totally when I hear it from adults because, in my experience, adults are are frequently wrong or they don't have the total picture. And to get the total picture, we need to do the empathy step mm-hmm. to gather information from your son yeah. about what's hard for him. And then we're going to move on to the define the problem step where you're going to tell him what your concern is. And then you're going to brainstorm solutions together, and that's plan B. But it's very hard to brainstorm solutions together unless we know what it is we're brainstorming solutions to address, and it's the concerns of both parties that we need to address. So you may be on to something. It could be boredom. You may, as is often the case, this isn't specific to you, this is adults, you may be wrong. The person we're going to find that out from is your son. What, what, what information have we gotten from him, if any? Well, when we've when we've done the empathy step and asked him, you know, what's up, he usually says, "I don't know." That's usually his answer. Got it. So we try and you know ask some more open-ended questions, and you know, we'll we'll get something sometimes, but most of the time, I, I really think he's he's being honest. He really doesn't know. It's kind of like, I don't know. You're supposed to tell me what, what you know. I don't know. That's that's kind of the feeling I get from him. And I don't know can be tricky. Um, I need to post some more information on I don't know on the Lives in the Balance website, probably in the hot topics section, because um, you know it feels like it's time for me to do that. Um, in fact, I'm going to log on to the website now just to make sure that there's not something up there. Now, let me just get in here into the hot topic section. Hibernating problems, problems in living, incremental problem. Correlation is not causation. It looks like I do not have anything up on I don't know. So I'm going to have to try to put something up there because I have been um, augmenting what uh, advice I give people on I don't know quite a bit. Um, and one of the leading uh one of the leading hypotheses for why he's saying I don't know is you're absolutely right. He doesn't know. But let me throw another one at you. Once again, this is totally gut feel. Ready? Okay. No, I have no good reason to have gut feel, but here I go. I'm wondering if um, we are being as specific with him as possible about the unsolved problem we're trying to talk with him about. Okay. What I would do if you haven't done this already is I would limit my inquiry just to riding in the car next to his brothers. Oh, okay. I would yeah. I wouldn't okay. make this about boredom. Because that's right. a hypothesis. I wouldn't make this about bugging his brothers in general. 
Because here's, here's what he's got to do if it's bugging his brothers in general. First of all, bugging his brothers is a behavior. But secondly, if he's bugging his brothers across different situations, then now when we say to him that we've noticed that he bugs his brothers, if we were to say it that way, now he's got to think about all the situations when she bugs his brothers. Probably thinks okay. he's in trouble. Um, he's got to then sort through all of those situations in which he bugs his brothers if he knows what we're talking about in the first place. He's got to think about why in each of those situations he's bugging his brothers and all of that thinking and all of that sorting through with added on top of it that he thinks he's in trouble gets many, 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 many kids to say, I don't know. Yeah. So I've given you a few things to go on, but as is always the case, you are welcome to call back and let us know how it goes with you. You're already doing it proactively, it sounds like. That's good. You now know that proactive is the only thing I'm going to have good advice on. No one can really give you great advice in the heat of the moment. <laughs> we, we want to be really specific about the unsolved problem, and we want to reassure him that he's not in trouble and that you're not mad. And let's see if any of that helps us move beyond I don't know. Now, worst case scenario with I don't know is you're right. He doesn't know. All I'm talking about is let's see if we can address some things that would also explain I don't know. If you're still getting I don't know, then you can feel free to do some hypothesis testing. And we already know one of your hypotheses. He's bored. But there might be other possibilities. Okay. Well, I would love to call you back and tell you how it goes because we're driving cross-country in a, in a oh, week and a half. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so wow. I'll definitely um, let you know how it goes. That that may be like asking somebody who's having difficulty reading to read the Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> but um, we, we we better get up on top of this quickly, eh? Yes, exactly. Call call back le- next week. Let me know how it goes. All right. Thank you so okay. much, Dr. Green. I really appreciate it. You bet. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Um, neat. Cross country with three kids in the back seat. Wow. That's bravery. Uh, good news. Doing Plan B takes bravery. I don't know if doing Plan B takes as much bravery as driving cross country with three kids in the back seat. I mean, I know people have lived to tell the tale, but um, cool. All right, we got another caller. Here we go. T- callers take priority on this program, and we got at least three in line. If I've got this gauged right, from area code seven seven two, are you our caller from last week? Hi, Dr. Green. Yes. You are. Yes. You do not sound happy. Oh, I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah, How'd actually, we we had. Um, I don't know if you want to give me if I should give the background of. Um, let, let's I have a seven-year-old son um, who has a lot of challenging behavior, mainly at home and not at school. And we were focusing on the unsolved problem of that he gets upset when he is doing when he is reading out loud when he is doing his yes. reading homework. Yes. He gets upset when he has to sound out words, and so. We had been, you had been working with me on not focusing on the behavior because I was focusing a lot on the behavior that was occurring because of his frustration. And um, so we, last week, um, you had recommended that 
um, that maybe the school needed to know about the the difficulty and the frustration he was having over sounding out words at home and thought perhaps maybe they were seeing some some of this at school and um and then we kind of reworked how I was going to approach this with him because every time I tried to approach him, I was more focusing on behavior and I was getting a lot of resistance and anger and frustration and then ultimately challenging behavior. So I had two assignments. One was to talk to the school, and the second one was to kind of rework my um, unsolved problem with my son approach him um, differently. So um, with my son... I was able to say, um, you know, I want to understand about the difficulty you're having when you're sounding out words. Can you can you tell me about it? Great. And um, so so we were, yeah. So um, (laughs) we mainly my time to be able to talk to him is when I'm putting him to bed because he's very active during the day and. and we seem to have so many unsolved problems and challenging behavior throughout the day, so there's never really a time to talk to him until we're getting ready for bed. Okay. And um, so I, we were talking about a thunderstorm was happening, and um, I said, you know, I was able to kind of throw it out there, and I said, I was just wondering if you might be able to tell me, you know, about what goes on for you when we were sounding out words. And, and I got silence, and... Um, I was pleased to get silence and not um, anger or him hitting me or, or something. So I was, um, I thought that that was kind of a, a sign that I was on the right track, that I hadn't, um, I wasn't setting in motion um, his challenging behavior. Good. And so, so, so far. Yeah, so we got silence, and then he actually changed the subject. He wanted to continue talking more about the thunderstorm. And um, so we talked a little bit more about the thunderstorm, and then I said, you know, we don't have to talk about it right now, but at some point I'd like to learn more about, you know, what's going on for you when um, when you're sounding out words. So that was okay, and um, then I think a couple nights later I tried it again and um, said I just, you know, I want to just – try to understand what's going on for you, and we're lying in bed. And um, he quickly turned and put his head down by where my feet were, and his feet were up at my up near my face. And so then I grabbed onto his foot, and I said, oh, Tootsie Toes, tell me. Maybe you can tell me. What's going on for Drew? When, for what's you. going on for my son when he um, is when he's sounding out words? And I was like, tell me, Tootsie Toes. And then he started to laugh, and he got back up to me and he said and so this is the information I got he said um, at first he said I don't know and so I had to sort of lead him I said are you are you frustrated and he said yes I get angry because I don't know the words and I want to read the book and I was like hmm I can see how that would be frustrating you know you want to read a book and you don't know the words you you can't read the book. So I haven't really gone anywhere with that. Um, But I guess I think I did follow up and I said, do you feel like you should know all the words already? And he said no. And then we, you know, he was kind of through talking about it. 
And um, so I don't know if you have any. Well, so we haven't moved on. So uh, you know, I haven't put out any concerns. But then I did go to the school. I emailed his teacher and told her about some of the. Um, you know, that I'd noticed he was having a lot of difficulty sounding out words and was, um, I guess I asked her if she was seeing any of this at school, and she said no. Mm. Um, She said that they do peer, like, fluency reading every day, and she said, in fact, he's been my partner because his partner has been absent, and he has no problems. You know, he jumps right into reading, um, he's an active participant in all of their reading, and he doesn't show any hesitancy or, um, you know, he's he very much wants to learn. And um, she then she pulled out, and I went in and talked to her because then I went on in an email about how I was, you know, working with a... Are you a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Me? Yes. Psychologist. So I said I was working with a psychologist, and he, you know, when I was telling him some of the problems, and so then she was able, she said, well, why don't you come in, and um, she pulled out some of his testing and showed me, you know, that there was nothing within his testing that would indicate that there was any kind of um, problems with his reading, and I had indicated in my email to her that I said I, I feel like part of his issue is he has two good buddies in his classroom who are much better readers than he is, and um, they are very competitive in all you know sports, math, and you know all their academics. And he's you know right up there in the sports and right up there in the math with them. But you know he's a very sensitive kid, and I'm sure he is aware. Um, and I know he's aware. He's told me, you know, one of his friends is reading Harry Potter. And, you know, he's very far away from reading Harry Potter. We're still reading, you know, um, what, you know, Encyclopedia Brown is still sort of challenging for him. So, and she said, I do agree. He tries to read very quickly and he makes mistakes because I do think that he wants to be where his friends are. Very interesting. So do I understand that they aren't seeing any difficulties with reading at school? That is what she said, that she sees no difficulties. The only thing she said that he reads, he sometimes reads too quickly and he makes mistakes. Okay. And what you're hearing is that at school, when he reads too quickly and makes mistakes, he um, doesn't seem to get upset about it. No. Yes, that's what I hear. At home, he does. Yes. So this is, number one, we're making progress. I'm ecstatic with the progress we're making. The problem isn't solved yet, but we're making progress in terms of our understanding. A question we can go back to your son and ask, and by the way, there's there's a little hovering issue because you you told us another something about him that is interesting, and it might coincide with him going too fast. 
you said that the only time of day that it's really kind of feasible to talk with him is bedtime, and that the rest of the day he's a very, I think you said busy. I don't remember if you said active or busy. Mm-hmm. Active little guy. Yes. 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 That's um, active, like really active. Um, he has. He likes to be playing sports. Um, pretty much any free time he has, he wants to be outside throwing the football. So that's what you or, mean by active. Yeah, or playing a game, or you know, doing homework is definitely uh, is something that the you know both my children sort of see as a, a pretty big inconvenience. Got it. And you know, they probably have a point, but um. The, the only reason I'm wondering about that is I'm wondering if the active that you're describing is um, more active, uh, is, a, is a level of activity that we might want to be concerned about and whether that's a factor making it hard for him to read. But I'm, I'm going to put that on the back burner for now. Mm-hmm. A, a question that we can certainly go back to your son and ask is, do you have trouble the same sorts of trouble reading at school. If he says no, we can ask, tell me, what's different about reading at school? If he says yes, we can ask, do you get upset about the reading at school? If he says no, and we've been told that he doesn't, so that would be our anticipation, we can say, how come... Is it more upsetting for you at home than it is at school? Or we can ask, how come you get so upset about the reading at home but not at school? And we will be gathering even more information. Um, I could imagine a scenario in which it would be harder to read at home than at school. But as I did with our first caller, I'm laying money down that it's as hard for him to read at school as it is at home. And I could be completely wrong about this, but I'm laying money down, given that reading is reading, and that really the main difference between home and school could be that there are activities he'd prefer to engage in at home and at school those aren't an option. Or he may be having greater difficulty settling or focusing at home than at school. Could be, so we've got more information to gather. Um that's where I might take the inquiry further. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I'm really happy about is, number one, he didn't try to hit you. You weren't talking about behavior. Fantastic. You're primed to go back to plan B and gather more information. Because, And by the way, now that we've got you, at least on this unsolved problem, out of the talking about behavior business, and mm-hmm. that is progress. That's progress. What a what a huge difference that makes. I'm I'm just delighted to hear that. Now that we have you out of the talking about behavior business, he's talking to you. But what happened is, as happens with the vast majority of people who get a good start on a particular plan B, but it's it's early in their plan B careers, mm-hmm. after the kid says something, it's not always clear what to say next. Right. And that's where drilling for information comes in. Um, 
and I keep meaning to do this, to post the tips for drilling on the Lives in the Balance website. And I haven't done that either yet. But let me go into the radio programs. I just want to make sure, because I think I've done a program on drilling. But if I have, I'm not seeing it. Uh, so I think I need to post some information, I, I, but I'm almost positive that I have, so give me just a second here to look. Um, I have well, I, um, I have something. I have bought one of your CDs, and perfect. it has the um, PowerPoint. Has information on it. Good. Yeah, it. so I can so, look at that again. So, but Good. I do get stuck. What did you say the question? Um, I would. My next question is, do you have the same type of trouble reading out loud one. at school? That would be a good one. Um, and here's an interesting thing. We've, we've sort of got – his teacher is saying he rushes and he makes mistakes, but he's not getting upset at school. He's saying to you – I don't know the word. Though that's a little different. So that's something to ask about as well. And that is, um, now, does he know that you've spoken with his teacher? No. Is he going to be upset if you've spoken to his teacher? Um, I, I don't think so. He he might. I don't know. He might. Well. Maybe you could say to him that you spoke to her about not him, but about where, about wh how you can help him read better, or where the kids in the class are at in terms of reading, so that you could understand better any difficulties he's having. I think you could word things in a way that would have him not being quite so upset. Right. Um, but those are somewhat different things, and it would be good to clarify that as well. Not knowing the word, making mistakes, rushing. Um, it would be really great if you could engage him in a conversation about helping, having him explain those three things to you. And what seems to be getting in the way so that you can understand it. So you are kind of way ahead of where you were last week. He, he was receptive. Uh, the, the difference between you talking about behavior and his receptivity to talking about an unsolved problem is striking. Mm -hmm. But not terribly unusual. So, number one, good for you. You did it. But also, now let's take it. Now we're in the sort of drilling. And by the way, I'm being reminded by one of our uh, listeners that drilling for information is also on the Plan B cheat sheet, which you can download on the Lives and Balance website in the paperwork section. It's sort of a handy one-page guide. Okay. Um, I think you're ready to go back into Plan B with him and take it to the next level. All right, and I'll start off with about asking if he has the same type of trouble reading out loud at school. Good place to start. Take it from there. 
think about those drilling strategies. See if you can get more information about what exactly is hard. You've got three possibilities, um, not knowing the word, rushing, getting the word wrong. The goal is to see if we can understand what's getting in his way. And here's the cool part. If we understand what's getting in his way, we'll be in a much better position to try to help him with it. Well done. Right, thank you. As you know, you are welcome to call in any time. We'll have the parents panel on next week, but that's not a reason not to call. Okay. Good luck this week. You're okay. you are moving in the right direction. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye. Cool, eh? That is cool. We have one more caller. We only have about Nine minutes left in the program, maybe eight. But let's see from area code 708 what we have, and we'll see if we have enough time to do a decent job today. You're on the air. How are you today? I'm okay. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you great. Okay. Um, I called a long time ago, um, about, I think, at the time he was four. And um, he just had become oppositional in general, which is, really weird for for that young but he had some language delays and um what i realized was part of the problem with the language delays he hadn't um really developed a sense of anything beyond the moment he was just really existing in the moment and i ended up even though you say we can't deal with things in the moment, I kind of developed a way to get him to calm down right away so that he could think about what he was feeling right then, because if not, I couldn't get any information from him at all. Okay. So um, I kind of wanted that for people with little kids, um, kind of a way to, to get them to calm down. We had been watching the show of Nihao Kailan. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Say it again. Nihao Kailan, it's on Nick Jr. Okay, and, I'm, I'm um, on. Okay, Kailan um, really, at what she does is she looks at what her friends are having problems with, and then she kind of comes up with a plan. Why are they feeling like this, and what can we do to help them? And Great. it's really, really along the lines of what you're doing. So um, one of the shows was about um, calming down so that you can – enjoy what you're doing, and um, she, you know, gave a little technique and swept back to, uh, side to side, back and forth, and counting, and um, so I would get him to do this, like, remember what Nihal Thailand says, and, and he would, you know, side to side, side to side, in and out, and he would go through a little thing, and it's like, well, you know, can you, can you think of a reason why you just got really upset, and, you know, he would tell me what he was doing and what he was feeling, and that solved the problem of him saying, I don't know, when I asked him later on. So I was actually getting him to tell me the story of what he was doing at that moment and Fantastic. getting him to calm down. Um, and so I've been using that my my younger child. Um, so I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old now. Um and so you know, using that to kind of, um, you know, see what they're doing. And I've actually been able to get to the point of where 
I can tell them what my concerns are. And um, the behavior has just gotten so much better. Um, I can completely derail before, you know, if he slips back into um, throwing the temper tantrum about something instead of, um, you know, working through it the way we've set up, uh, you know, I can ask him, you know, what are what are you doing right now that's causing you to get upset? And, you know, he'll tell me this is, is what I'm feeling, this is what's going on, and, you know, is that how we decided to, to work on that? Is that how we decided to um, to solve that problem? And, you know, he'll think about it. Sometimes he decides to go ahead and, and throw his tantrum, and, you know, it's like, all right, well, you feel that you need to do this. You need to go to a safe place and have your tantrum and then come back when you can talk about it. So... Um, I can. I'm personally handling the tantrums better now that they aren't as frequent. Well, and that's less frequent. Certainly, makes them uh, more tolerable. Yeah, and so, so, he's five. I always have to tell myself he's five, and five-year-olds throw tantrums. It happens. <laughs> got it. So I think the main point here is that you're having success doing some things in the heat of the moment with your son. Mm-hmm. And you're right, that's not the usual recommendation. Although one of the things I talked about in The Explosive Child was that there is the occasional kid, your son might be one of them, who, who can't really remember things outside the heat of the moment and doesn't, because they're not able to remember, they are having difficulty providing any information in the heat, uh, outside the heat of the moment. And in those kids, sometimes, heat of the moment, plan B, emergency plan B, is more productive. And Um, I honestly don't, yeah, like I don't think of it. Some people would say that it was kind kind of a plan A, but in my opinion, I have a plan set up now for when, um, you know, my my husband was critiquing it, and that's what he said. Well, he's like, you're, well, you're dealing with it in the moment. And I'm like, no, not really, because I have a plan. We have a plan set up for when it happens to keep me calm, because the problem with plan A is the adult becomes panicked, and I'm not panicking anymore. So, yeah, that's the emergency. I'll have to tell them that's what it's called, emergency plan B. <laughs> and And – I didn't, I didn't hear enough to be able to tell whether what you're doing in the heat of the moment is A or B. What it does sound like, though, is that if you're staying calm and the plan is working for your son, I probably wouldn't be as worried about whether this is A or B. It actually sounds more like B than like A. Mm-hmm. Whether it's collaborative or not, I'm not sure. Well, and we came up with, um, you know, one day when he got calm enough to actually talk, we came up with, you know, do you want to do you want to do a redo? And he's like, what's a redo? And I told him, well, we're going to go back and we're going to pretend like we're doing this again and we're going to find a better way to get through this together. And then we talked about it afterwards after he did his redo and, you know, it's, for example, asking for help when, when something's too difficult. Um, uh, what is one of the other things? Not understanding what I'm asking him to do. 
um, and asking me to explain it to him better, um, things like that. So we did come up with plans on, um, like, kind of giving him a script of of how to react in those situations because it's more of um, the two of us were just reacting to each other, and that was what the problem ended up being. Sounds very good to me, and it also sounds, though, like you are mixing in. You're not relying totally on emergent intervention. You are going back to it and doing something more proactive, and that is fantastic. Thank you. Unfortunately, so I appreciate you calling and telling us, and unfortunately, we have run out of time for today. Thank you for your call, though. All right. Thank you. And the best of luck moving forward. Um, We need to call it a day for today. Parents panel is next week, always one of my favorite programs of the month. I look forward to being with you then. Hope today's program was informative. That's the goal. Talk to you next week. Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.